Hello, and welcome back to the Athlete Mentor Podcast. On today's episode, we have Program Director Ben Van Buren. And now Jackson and Chandler pick his brain on how he got to be where he is now, how to properly network in the business world, and cover any advice for those athletes still living at home. Without further ado, enjoy. Ben, thanks for joining us, bro. Um, it's good to have you here. Uh, obviously, we got Jackson Hughes, uh, CEO of the Athlete Mentor, and special guest tonight is Ben Van Buren. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well, Chandler. How about you? Doing good, man. Hey, so uh, just want to kind of kick things off here. Um, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, what got you into soccer? What was your journey? You know, through school. Um, you know, your journey to college, and then kind of what your passions are outside of sports. Yeah, so I had a pretty typical like journey through soccer, I think. I started playing at the YMCA, which if you're American, you know 100% what the YMCA is. I played that for probably like three or four years. And then one year for Christmas, my mom got me a like ticket or like a, a season with a club team called CASA, Clemson Anderson Soccer Alliance. So after I went to that club season, I realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was at the YMCA. So I had to uh, really like reconsider myself because I thought I was good. Um, but getting to that like next level at a club, was, it was tough, but I enjoyed it, loved every minute of it. And then I played there until I graduated high school. And then going to college was interesting because in my high school, not many soccer players got recruited. Soccer's not really a big sport where I'm from in South Carolina. So it was, it was definitely interesting to try to force myself to get recruited out of a place where no one really looks or no one no one searches for players there so I really had to send out a bunch of emails I went to a bunch of ID camps and luckily I went to an ID camp around February of my senior year which is pretty late in terms of recruiting most people are committed by then or at least have offers that they're looking at but I was I had nothing so went to this camp and luckily a, a division one school University of South Carolina Upstate or USC Upstate they saw me they liked me and they decided to bring me on as a walk-on so I got really lucky there I signed like I think the next day, like I went on a visit the next day and committed right then and there. Um, and yeah, so then I graduated, left high school, went to USC Upstate for my freshman year. And I was on no money. I was a walk-on. And I thought it was going to be a pretty tough season because coming from a lower club level and a lower high school level to the Division One level, is like a huge jump, huge jump. So, I, you know, I really started working hard over the summer, making sure I was fit, making sure I was as technical as I could be. In that amount of time I could train and I ended up starting my whole freshman year because of an injury so a little bit lucky there a little bit of a, a luck work towards me but you know I'm not going to complain I got like 1100 1200 minutes that year so that was really really good for my confidence for my growth getting all that experience out of my belt as an 18 year old playing against you know 22 23 20 24 year old uh, seniors so after my freshman year COVID hit so my sophomore year the season was actually canceled and when I got COVID in October of 2020, I realized maybe this isn't the place for me anymore. There was a little bit of a situation there where I thought I deserved some money. They didn't necessarily have the money in the budget. So it was kind of like going back and forth. And eventually I decided that if I'm going to feel more appreciated or more wanted, I'm going to leave because I think it's important to go where you are wanted and where you're valued and where you're going to get the most minutes. So I ended up leaving and I got, had a couple offers. Nothing too crazy, a couple of small D1s, a couple of D2s, and I decided to take a risk and come to New York for Mercy College. It's a, it's a pretty small D2, 
up here, but they won the conference the year before, so I figured it's going to be a good program, you know, and it is. It's phenomenal. Super glad I'm here, and that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I'm just working on having a good senior season before I uh, go to Spain in January, and I play for a team over there for the uh, spring semester. Yeah, awesome, man. I mean, incredible story, incredible journey. Uh, I know we talked a few times before. Your journey is actually pretty similar to mine. Uh, I grew up playing just uh, local leagues and, you know, had a similar experience where I, I didn't know how good I was. Started to go to ID camp, started to try to play more travel uh, to get, uh, you know, a better competition, right, and really evaluate where I was at. And I was actually a walk-on to, uh, to a D2 school uh, that I mentioned to you before, St. Joe. Um but yeah, amazing. Uh, I know you're pretty active too in coaching. So tell us a little bit about the the coaching you do uh, and the training you do in your free time. Yeah, I'm, it's my passion, honestly. Like I don't really see myself doing anything other than coaching or some sort of business within soccer. So I realized pretty quickly that I'm going to have to get a coaching license and start working on that. So when I was at USC Upstate, I did a little bit of coaching for a local team and I really enjoyed it. You know, the kids were great. And I kind of realized that that was my passion because at the moment I was, or at that point I was a finance major and I realized pretty quickly, I didn't want to be like a finance bro. I wanted to be more um, into like the community, building relationships, really helping people get to the next level. Cause that's what I was passionate about because mm-hmm. no one was there to help me necessarily because soccer wasn't as big as it was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, it's much right. bigger now, much more important in this country. So I think it's a great time to get into it and really help other people. So now, here in New York, I've got a couple licenses, and I work for a guy named Patrick Colgan over at The Sharpened Athlete. It's like a supplemental training company where you can come, we give private sessions, you pay like a rate or you pay a group rate, and we give you uh, some pretty good sessions. Uh, we have technology called like Blaze Pods and Synthepec, and it also not only boosts your technical ability, but your cognitive ability as well. So like your capability to you know, see near far increases, your ability to recognize different colors, recognize movement, it all increases and it helps you overall. So that's a really cool thing I'm working on. I'm also helping start a soccer club. So the same guy, Patrick, he's starting an all girls club here in Westchester County, New York. It's gonna be called Downstate FC. So I've been helping him with marketing, creating flyers, social media, all types of stuff. Just the operations and the administration that has to go within that. And we're pretty excited about that. So that's gonna be starting this semester as well. That's awesome, man. So from competing as a college athlete, to doing, uh, you know, one-on-one and group skills training to now being operations at a club, you're pretty busy. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> you can say that. I mean, uh, me, me and Jackson, I mean, Jackson, you, under, you understand that, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. That's why, I mean, I love, like, I just love that, how, how we've got to know each other, Ben, over the past couple of uh, weeks, months really months now, um, just how you've been able to manage your time, how you've been able to uh, commit your time to the athlete mentor as well. Um, my question to you is like, how do you pair uh, for our listeners out there? How do you pair? First of all, uh, what, what, what do you put your time into with the athlete mentor as, as the program director? And then how do you pair that with like the sharpened athlete with your coaching, uh, with your new club you're making? So tell us a little bit about your time management a little bit of why also you chose the athlete mentor and uh, why you chose to accept the program director role at the athlete mentor. 
Yeah, you know, time management is super important as not only like a college athlete, but just as a person in general. You're really, it's really a vital skill that you need to learn. So I had to learn it pretty early on because I was playing for a club team and for a high school team because in the South or South Carolina, we play at the same time. So I'm having to balance school, two soccer teams. I play football for a little bit. So it's like one thing after another, constantly having to do stuff. So you definitely have to make sacrifices like, okay, I'm not going to play FIFA all night or I'm not going to watch TV all night because I need to do homework or I need to do this. So you have to be, I guess, mentally tough in order to, to get over that. So when I got to college, I thought, you know, it was going to be difficult, but I'd already built those skills in high school because of all the stuff I was doing and the stuff that my parents were allowing me to do to where it wasn't as big of a transition as I thought it would be in terms of time management. So then when I got here to New York and I really started piling on more things that I'm doing to build my resume, to just enhance my skills, that's when it really started to come in handy because now obviously as the program director, the athlete mentor, there's a lot of cool things we're working on, like fundraising ideas, trying to get the brand out there, build the brand and get more investors. And it's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting, uh, I guess, year for us. We're looking long-term as well. So my biggest thing with that is making sure that I've set time aside to have meetings with my other leaders. So like the, the faith pillar leader, the recruiting pillar, the fundraising pillar, making sure everyone has at least 20 minutes a week, 20 minutes is pretty much all we really need just to get a quick phone call, catch up on each other, make sure they're doing what I need them to do and I'm doing what they need me to do. And then that way we're kind of set for the week. We can go back and start doing our own things again. And then with the sharpened athlete, he's Patrick's a really cool guy. He's really understanding of like sacrifices I have to make here and there. So he really tries to plan his schedule around mine. So with I'm taking six classes this semester and so I can graduate early. So Patrick really helps me with like scheduling my training sessions or whoever I'm going to be training on weekends. That way I can get out there and I can give my undivided attention to them because he knows Monday nights I'm doing athlete mentor. Tuesdays I have class all day. Wednesdays I'm coaching with Patrick. Thursdays I have class. Fridays I have class. So plus I have practice and lifts and just trying to better myself as an athlete as well. So it's, it's awesome. Man. It's tough, but you know, it's worth it in the end. For yeah. sure. There's a full stack schedule. Um, I've, I've always been yeah. interested in kind of the fine line between uh, like where motivation and discipline lies. Obviously your time management has to be amazing to do all the things that you're you know a part of. Do you think that, um, you have to have a high level of discipline and do you rely on motivation? My second question to get through your day, or do you focus on just your, your time management, your scheduling? That's an interesting question because for me, I don't really need to be motivated to do what I'm doing because I love it. Yeah. Like, I really do. I love coaching. I love working out training and I love the athlete mentor because it's all stuff that I believe in and stuff that I'm passionate about. So when I wake up and I have to do three coaching sessions, two classes, because I'm a sport management major, so I also enjoy that as well. Um, you know, three coaching sessions, two classes, a lift, a training session, athlete mentor meeting, like all this stuff piles up, but it doesn't really feel like work because it's just kind of like hanging out with friends or I'm doing something that's going to better myself or better the community around me. So it, I, it definitely takes discipline in order to wake up and be like, okay, I'm not going to play FIFA all day or mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat this Reese's cup because I know that I have a game tomorrow, but I wouldn't say that you have, I have to internally motivate myself because I know this is stuff that I want to do in the long run. So if, if I was like, for instance, uh, still a finance major and I had to wake up and look at charts all day, that's not something that really interests me. So I think I would struggle more if it was like, 
here, you're going to do the Bloomberg certification. You're going to turn around and you're going to look at these charts and you're going to go to Wall Street and enter with this. That would be less interesting to me than what I do now. So I think it really depends on if you're working towards your passion versus working for a living. Right. For sure. 100%. I mean, obviously, that's why me and Jackson are so excited to have you here, too, because you mentioned that, you know, obviously, we can see how passionate you are about like the athlete mentor and our mission. And for all the athletes in our program, we just want to give opportunities for people like you for athletes to work on things that they truly care about things that they are passionate about things that they love. Absolutely. I think it's, it's a phenomenal organization that we're building right now. And the network is going to be so crucial for so many athletes, not only the mentees that we're having, but also the mentors. If someone wants to transfer, transfer, or if in the future I become the CEO of a fortune 500 company and Jackson wants to come work for me, I know that he's going to be a good employee for me. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Who wouldn't want to work for Ben Van Buren, honestly? Exactly. Uh, No, for sure. So actually going off of that. So like, um, as far as like network, what, what is important? So first of all, uh, most people associate network, uh, into like the business realm, which obviously like you're into the business realm as well. So I'd love for you to speak on that, um, that part of networking, but I also want you to speak on the part of networking that comes with like the recruiting process that comes with, uh, getting in touch with other college athletes as we're trying to build with the athlete mentor. Uh, what's the importance in networking in general? I can't stress it enough, honestly. I think there's so, so, so many people that overlook networking. They, they're introverted or they're, they're struggling to put themselves out there. And I mean, that's okay. Like you can be an introvert socially, but if, sorry, my roommates are screaming at the Chiefs game. <laughs> if you're going to be an introvert, you have to be able to put yourself out there in a business setting. Because if you're just going to be like secluded the whole time, you're not going to be able to put yourself forward because you're not meeting new people that can give you new challenges or give you new opportunities. Like for instance, me, everything that I've gotten in soccer is strictly off networking. Um, getting to college, getting to USC Upstate, one of my teammates that I played with, like in a, just like pickups and stuff like that, he was committed there. So when they saw me at the ID camp, they asked him about me because we're from the same area. We played against each other in high school. He gave them a good recommendation and I was able to continue my athletic career at a division one school versus zero offers transferring the goalkeeper at my previous school. His best friend from Chile was a player here at Mercy. So when I put myself into the portal, he put in a good word for me and I was able to transfer to Mercy on a good scholarship because his recommendation. And then every summer team I played for, I played for a team in Texas, which is like a semi-professional league. It's fourth division. One of my friends that I trained with over the winter break was the captain of that team. So they put, he put me on, gave me a good recommendation. I was able to go out there. Now I'm going to Spain after I graduated for six months to play like fifth division or like fifth or fourth division, depending if they get um, promoted or not. That happened because one of my teammates at USC Upstate was friends with the owner of the club who's around 22, 23, they're the same age. So he's allowing me to come over there. He's going to pay for housing, food and everything because of the good recommendation that my old teammate gave me. And now, that I have looking at a summer team out in California because of the guy that's bringing me into Spain, he's going to allow me to go to California and play with his old uh, summer team out there. So like it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. Everything I've been able to get and everything that I'm going to get, hopefully, these opportunities are coming because I'm putting myself out there. I'm not afraid to ask people for stuff because I know that in return I can give them. If they ever need to lean on me one day, 
I, I don't mind putting a word out for him. And I think that's super important today because word of mouth is so important. Yeah, I think I think you understand a really important principle and that's like business is relationships, right? So obviously, obviously you're focused on building relationships and you said you're comfortable asking people for um, support and help knowing that you can provide some kind of value to them as an exchange, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. I mean, you pretty much networked your way into our program, didn't you? What's, you did. the, what's the story? What's the story there? How'd you find us? <laughs> so I, I take about 30 minutes a day and I just scroll on LinkedIn. I look at posts. I connect with people. I go and accept connections from other people. I message, you know, summer team coaches and just kind of keep up with some professional connections. And I saw under the jobs tab that there was an athlete mentor position. And I thought to myself, like, I basically do that now with all my friends back home that are younger or even the ones that are still in college because they want to transfer. I give them advice. I tell them how the process was. I mean, this might be the easiest job ever because I literally do it now. So I applied. I had Nate call me. We had a great conversation. And then I had a great conversation with Jackson. And then fast forward, what, two months now? And here I am. Yeah. Can can we kind of speak on that? Like, so what is kind of your vision for like, because we're obviously transitioned into bringing you on as the program director here, because obviously you're multi-talented, you're very highly motivated. Um, as we call it, we've talked to you about your shark, right? Uh, so, yeah. So would you kind of speak on your vision for the program from here on out um, and kind of just explain the program in your eyes as an athlete, as a college athlete and as leader of the program? Yeah, the reason I accepted the position and why I'm so passionate about joining in the first place is because I think the mission is so, so, so important. And it's just a phenomenal thing that we're doing here. I mean, we're giving free mentorship to these middle and high school athletes. And I I don't think they quite understand how important it is or how useful we can be. Because when I was that age, I didn't really know that either. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how the recruiting process worked. And I'm sure some of these kids, like, they, they want to join, but they just need that extra push. So my goal for the next year and for the rest of my tenure as the program director is to really build the brand and make it reputable. Because I feel like if we can do that, we can get more mentees. And the more people that we're able to mentor, the more people we're able to help. So And the more people we're able to help puts more data into our database or puts more people in our database. And that allows us to get more investors because it shows that we're having a bigger impact than we are now. So kind of growing this as a nonprofit and making sure we're staying true to our mission, but at the same time, bringing in business aspects of it to where we can have these big time investors come in and say, wow, like, I love what you guys are doing. I was a college athlete myself or whatever. And then they want to, they want to dump good amounts of money into our program and allow us to grow even more. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely love that. Yeah. I mean, um, that's why, that's why we brought you on. And I think, excuse me, I think that, if we have that type of leadership from the top down, because it's not, obviously you have the program director, but kind of speak on like the systems that we have in place now and why, like, for example, um, you were actually, this is before, right before you were brought on, but we had a free event uh, from Kadivas Robinson. He's, an, he was a former Olympian, right? And uh, that's something that, as you stressed, is free, correct? Yeah. So ba- basically, um, I'm just, I'm bringing that up because it comes into like the systems that we have in place where we have, we have like an event director, we have uh onboarding director, we have a marketing director, we have, um, we have all these different type of leadership positions that are open for athletes to come in and we can fill out 
their internships. We can give them like scholarships and grants and stuff like that. But I just was, I just wanted you to speak on why the, the importance of us giving them opportunities, the systems we have in place, and basically what your vision is for the, the free value we're going to give these athletes in the coming year. Again, I think it's so important. A lot of college athletes, at least in my experience, when they come to college, the only thing they focus on is their sport. They don't think about the afterwards. And of course, I want to play professional soccer. Like I'm doing everything I can to work towards that goal. But in the back of my mind, I'm preparing for the after. You know, what's going to happen after? And mm. being the event director of the athlete mentor or being fundraising director of the athlete mentor is not going to take away that goal. For instance, Hannah, it's not going to take away her goal to play professional softball, for instance, or play for the national team or anything like that. It just allows her to build up her personal resume or professional resume to where she can go to a company and say, hey, I was the, the fundraising director for the athlete mentor. It's a nonprofit organization. I worked on this, this, this. I raised this much money, blah, blah, blah. And then she can turn around and use that ex as experience for maybe a bigger job or a Fortune 500 company because not many people get the opportunity to come into a nonprofit organization or a business in general and automatically have a role as a program director. You know, after, let's say, for instance, I think I've been here two months, two months and I'm a program director. Hannah, she's been here a couple months. She's fundraising director. Zane, marketing director. Like Melanie, recruiting director, onboarding director. Like the, these roles are so important because it shows that these college athletes can be leaders in not only their team, but in the professional realm as well. And it's going to help them so much in the future, me included. And I think I think that goes off like the fact that you you got this role obviously because you worked for it. I mean, you weren't given it at all, but you showed you showed the um, initiative. You showed that you could step into a leadership position and we're obviously relatively new, like foundation and everything like that. Um, so like you got that opportunity, but the cool thing is, is that it also shows that we're catering to our athletes and we're like, if they want to step into a leadership position, we're making sure that we have leadership positions for those athletes. Don't you think that's pretty cool? Yeah, I think it's sick. Like for instance, the other day when we introduced our new faith pillar, I think Ben Widener, that's something that it's going to change his life because now he's able to lead a team and lead this whole exactly. section of our organization where before maybe he was just a mentor. Maybe he was working towards becoming an event director instead, but now it's something that he's really, really passionate about. It's something that, like I said, passion drives motivation. This right. is going to make him a better person. It's going to make him do a better job. Right. hundred percent. And I mean, you mentioned something before. I want, I want to actually ask you um, a question here. Do you think there's a misconception um, with, with athletes thinking that if they focus on their life beyond sport, you know, their development outside of their, you know, their laser focus in, in their, in their competition, in their sport, they think that it's going to affect their performance in some way, but that couldn't be further from the truth, right? It's, it's such a stigma and it's frustrating for me because when I was growing up, everyone was always talking about how, like, if you have a plan B, that means you already think plan A is going to fail. And I think it's so, it could not be further from the truth. Like there's a bunch of people that, professional athletes that start YouTube channels or they invest in other businesses because they know after they retire, they're going to need another source of income or they're going to need something to continue stimulating their brain. Because once you retire from professional sports or sports in general, that like adrenaline, it goes away. So it's just, it's very frustrating for me. I mean, you can tell I'm passionate about it because it's making me mad right now that all these kids that are in my high school, they go and they train at the field for three, four hours, but then they don't do their homework. Like a lot of my teammates in high school, I was, I don't want to be like, so, um, no, go for it, dude. Like I, was, 
I was, I was better than them. Like, obviously, that's the reason I went Division One compared to everyone else that, you know, not playing college soccer anymore. But I'm, I'm still the one. I'm doing my grades, or I'm doing my schoolwork to where I'm keeping high grades to where I can get more academic scholarship to get into college. I'm working two or three jobs. I'm coaching. I'm doing whatever I can in order to better myself outside of my sport. And I'm still the one that went forward compared to maybe some of the other kids that had you know, maybe a 2.4 GPA or something like that. And then they didn't get picked up by a college, even though they were good enough because they didn't focus on the things outside of school that are just as important, if not more important than your sport. Well, the thing that I also like to add on to that is like, I, I feel you a hundred percent cause I'm the exact same way is also like speak on, uh, I get our listeners would actually love for you after hearing everything you do speak on like, so you only have a certain amount of hours to train in a day. I mean, for your body to recover, right? So speak on kind of your recovery and why you can utilize this time period to run the athlete mentor to uh, the program of the athlete mentor to do the sharpened athlete and all that, all that different kind of mind stuff and like how you can kind of put the recovery and also still be productive. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I mean, I know everyone has seen that quote about Kobe where he gets up at 4 a.m. and he trains like six times over the course of the day. So for me, that's that's not feasible. It's not it's not possible. Like I'm doing everything I can on my ability and my I guess schedule for what I can do. So I'm getting up. I'm training. I'm going on runs. I'm in the I'm in the weight room. So I think recovery is so important because you can recover while you're working. Like for instance, in my trainer, we have like the the boots or the the giant air boots, I don't know, mm-hmm. the recovery boots. Yeah. They fill your legs with air. We have a massage gun here in my apartment. We have a muscle roller. You can take a phone call while you massage gun your legs. You can, you know, if you wanted to, for instance, take a, an hour out of your day to watch TV and relax, you can put the recovery boots on and you can recover. You can get eight hours of sleep. I get eight hours of sleep every night, no problem. Like, I, I prioritize it. You know, I eat good because my dad was a chef. So, like, growing up, I always had proper food. I never, like, I don't like to eat out really, like, at the McDonald's or anything like that. It doesn't... Like, it doesn't really impress me. I don't like it. I think it tastes bad. So I'd rather cook, and then that's better for me. And, you know, I hydrate, I sleep. So I'm taking care of the simple things to where I can kind of push myself a little bit harder than other people might because they're eating McDonald's and they're drinking Coke and they're getting two hours of sleep because they wanted to stay up late at night. So You know what's crazy, though, Ben? It's like, you started to cut you off, but you said, like, Kobe, like, that, that quote, yeah, for sure. Kobe, first of all, is just a different breed. So, like... The fact that like he was doing that stuff is absolutely insane. But second of all, like Kobe still had a business career outside of basketball while he was doing all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I I think that's crazy. Well, anyways, Ben, it's been amazing having you. I I have one last question here before we wrap up. What advice uh, or piece of advice would you give to a younger soccer athlete in middle or high school uh, that's hoping to compete at the Division One or Division Two level? There's so many things I can say. Um, first, put yourself out there. I think a lot of my teammates struggled because they didn't want to go to ID camps. They didn't want to drive an hour to go to a camp or they didn't want to join a training session or they didn't want to email a coach because they were scared what the coach was going to say to them. Who cares? Like, well, honestly, who cares? For sure. I emailed probably 50 or 60 schools coming out of high school, if not more than that. And I might be, I maybe got 15, 20 responses. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's like a 40% response rate. It's not bad, but the other 60% don't want me. That's okay. That's okay. They don't need to. So I think if you really focus on getting yourself out there and doing the simple things, being consistent in your training, you, you can do a lot of things. You can really do a lot of things. You can make 
strides and great leaps in this game because there's so many people out there that don't want it bad enough. So if you really want it bad enough and you put yourself out there and you hound the coaches and you get on LinkedIn or you go to the website of the, the school you want to go to and you just email the coaches consistently, I promise you they will either respond saying we're interested or they will respond saying, please don't email us anymore. And either way, at least you got a response. So really like put yourself out there, train hard and just be consistent because doing one training session a week for three hours is not as good as doing five training sessions a week for 45 minutes. For sure, man. One, one last question with the emails, uh, just for our, like, if there's any high school athletes out there, what, what was that? What were like the headers you put for your emails that got the best engagement? I didn't realize this until I got to college when I was transferring what, what coaches really wanted to look for, but they don't care if you write a million words on your email. Yeah. If you say, for instance, mine was Ben Van Buren, central defender, looking to transfer. If you're in high school, Ben Van Buren, central defender, looking for opportunities or something like that. Or Ben Van Buren, central defender, highlight video included. And then you write like a quick email. Hey, my name's Ben. I do this, this, this. I'm here. This is my GPA. This is my highlight video. Hope to hear from you soon. Drop your phone number in your email. You can be received that. And that's it. That's all they want to see. Because yeah. if they receive 100 emails a day, they're not going to sit there and read your 3,000 word email. I promise you. For they're sure. Yeah. I've, been on the, I've been on the receiving end of those types of emails too. I don't read them. Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> so. Anyways, so obviously Ben, Jackson, myself, we know the importance of you know, having having a mentor, someone to give you the right advice, the right guidance to get to the next level. Uh, so if, if you're out there and you're looking to compete in college or, or beyond, uh, feel free to reach out to the athlete mentor and we'll get you connected and get you on your way. Jackson, you got anything? I got nothing else. I, I'm just so excited for this program, the direction it's going with the uh, leadership under Ben. And uh, I guess pass one more, one more over. Ben, you got any last words here? I'm all good. I'm all good. If they want to want to reach out to me directly, they can go to the athlete mentor, put their name in the form, and I'm the first one that sees that notification, so I can reach out. Yeah, and uh, always don't be afraid to reach out uh, through Instagram. I know a lot of our high school and college athletes will be using Instagram, so our Instagram is at the athlete mentor, and that's at the athlete mentor. And that's all I got. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Ben. Thank you guys so much. I really Thanks again for listening to the Athlete Mentor Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at our website, www.athletementorgroup.com, or drop a follow and message us on Instagram at The Athlete Mentor. We hope to hear from you soon.